Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you today. I'm Len, and I'm one of the pastors, uh, and I get the, the opportunity and privilege to share with you this morning. Paul was out this week. He deserves a week off every once in a while, so I get the, the joy of, of sharing with you today. This has been a crazy and wonderful and fun and busy season uh, doing the new wave that Don just mentioned. We finished up that six-week uh, journey on that and the call for commitment, but really it's just beginning. Now we have to live it out. Now we have to make it all happen, and, uh, and it's just exciting times. And I know a lot of you during the course of those six weeks, you were asking yourself that question to God, praying this question, Lord, what do you want to do through me? And while that certainly may have taken a shape and form in terms of making a financial commitment, I believe and trust that you were also asking that in terms of just other ways. How do you want to grow me, God? How do you want to work through me to serve other people? And, uh, and I just believe that he's been given a lot of you answers, and uh, we look forward to seeing over the next few years how that shakes itself out. And so that's wonderful. And now we're going into Easter, which is an exciting weekend here as well, and I hope that you'll... Uh, be all on board here and bring tons of people with you. As you saw in that video, don't be the person that has to move to Possum Neck, Mississippi. And uh, so um, come on and, and uh, be part of that. Now, and after Easter is something that we're doing as well, and I hope that uh, you'll engage with this. We're doing a six-week message in Life Group series, combined series, that I know will be so practical for everybody here, that all of us have this sort of image of of what a, a mature Christ follower looks like. We, you know, that Christian, we've maybe seen a Christian that we're like, wow, I wish that I had it like them. You know, they seem to have everything together and they have that peace. And, and, and maybe you'd look at yourself, you are like, I'm kind of messing up here and I don't quite get it there. And, and so we don't always know how to get from our reality to where we see as the ideal, where we want to go and be. And, uh, and there is this journey and some steps along the way. And I don't know what I don't know, and neither do you. And so we, we're having this series where we're going to look at some of the keys to spiritual growth, lay some of these practices and, and uh, foundations in your life to unlock some of those, those doors to taking those next steps and growing to becoming more like Christ. And, and it's, it's a combined thing with our weekend messages as well as with our life groups. And so I encourage you to jump into a life group, life groups, open your door, swell your ranks for a few weeks, uh, bring people in, uh, consider spinning off new groups or, or, or something like that. Or maybe some of you are saying, hey, for six weeks, I can host and facilitate a group. Uh, maybe not forever, but I can do six weeks. And so if that's you, just let me know. We'd love to get some groups going and uh, wherever you're at in that because we think it's going to be a really impactful uh, time for all of us as a church. Today, though, I want to focus on something that almost universally we all feel inadequate about or fearful of, and that is sharing our faith, sharing our faith. We did a, a bunch of research over the last uh, couple of year, uh, last year, and, and most of you who participated echoed the same sorts of feelings of this, that sharing our faith is a difficult thing for a lot of us to do. And, uh, and yet, we, as we emphasized all during the New Way faith journey, um, that it was to reach more people, to serve more people. Uh, and as a church, our greatest value and passion, and frankly, why we exist, is to make more followers of Jesus Christ. And, and so, so we want to reach and connect with more people. Now, the gap in the middle there, the, the missing step, if you will, is the more people. 
Where are those more people? And you know what? You're with those more people. You were right in the midst of the more people all during through, throughout your weeks, where you work, where you live, where you go to school, uh, your families. Those are the more people that we're here to serve and to reach and to, to let them know about Jesus Christ. So we're going to go fishing, right? And so Paul says, or Jesus says this in the Gospels and in Mark, it says this, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water. For they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, said, Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Now, Andy Stanley, who's a pastor uh, in uh, the Georgia, and uh, an author wrote this in a book, uh, and he said this, What was it that motivated you to become a Christian? When you think back, what was foremost in your mind when you made the decision to follow Christ? Was it your need for salvation? Were you seeking a sense of peace? Perhaps you were motivated by the idea that God could help you get your life in order. Whatever your motivation, you probably didn't become a Christian so you could tell other people about Jesus, did you? In fact, most of you, becoming a salesman for Christianity was just about the last thing on your mind, right? And yet all of the changes Jesus promised his followers, making them fishers of men and women, was at the top of his list. Think about that for a moment. We didn't come to him expecting that we were going to all of a sudden be sharing our faith, that that was our reason for existing, and yet Jesus says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of people. Now, I've kind of watched uh, in our business culture, in the marketplace around the last couple of years with a little bit of a giggle because this title of evangelist keeps popping up and being used as someone uh, who has sold out for their product or a new, new venture or promotion the company is doing, and they're the whatever evangelist at their company. And, and yet, culturally, we've really shied away from the use of that word, um, the, particularly in, the, in terms of church and faith. We've let our culture tell us that, that faith and politics are personal and should not be excuse me, shared or discussed. And, and that's fine. Keep your politics quiet. But, but sharing your faith is important. And God calls us to do that. He calls us to be fishers of men. And this word evangelist, and it, it came into existence for the sole purpose of sharing faith. That's what it means to share the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news or the gospel message of salvation. Now, I'm sorry, the latest product from Apple or Google is really not good news. I mean, as much as we like our, our gadgets and stuff, freedom from sin, eternity secured with Christ, love and acceptance and forgiveness from God himself, that is good news. And honestly, why wouldn't we want to share that? Why? <laughs> Well, practically, of course, there are reasons we don't want to share it. It can get awkward. It can be unappreciated. It can be uncomfortable. We might get rejected or dismissed. We don't feel like we don't know that we don't feel like we know all the Bible verses or the, the right way of saying something. Or we, you know, we find all sorts of reasons. And I don't want to minimize those reasons at all. They're real. 
we feel those things. It can, it can get hard to, to go there in some of our conversations with people. They're real to us. And even for me, you, you may not realize it, but I'm, I'm more shy than you might understand or know. I mean, here I am standing up here, but, but going in those individual conversations, it gets awkward at times. I understand that. And so today I want to help us understand or find ways to minimize barriers or help us to break through some of those barriers. So look at this call that Jesus has for these guys out there fishing, uh, Simon and, and Andrew. And Simon later becomes known as Peter, just to give you a little bit of reference there. Um, but, but what's he saying to them? What happened here? Jesus sees these guys out there fishing and he says, I want to redirect your entire life on a different purpose. I want you to focus on people instead of fish. And, and there's a cool thing about this that we can take away. It's that he, he takes what we know and he helps us to transition, um, to use what we know for a higher calling and a higher purpose. Your career may be to be, as, as they say sometimes, making widgets. But God calls us to make disciples. And that's our, our bigger, our higher purpose and reason for existing. So how do we do this? Because this word evangelist, I, as I mentioned, that, that doesn't sit so well with a lot of us, right? In fact, probably when I mentioned it, you thought of that TV guy pointing his finger and making you feel a little guilty on the screen. Or, or maybe that guy, if you go downtown San Francisco, you see somebody on the street corner with a bullhorn or sandwich boards yelling at you saying to repent. Or, or perhaps those people that come walking to your door. And you're like, if that's what Jesus is calling me to do, forget it. I ain't going there. And I understand that. I think that there's a more natural way that God wants us to share our faith. He's not asking you to be that person on the street corner necessarily. But there is a way that he is asking us to share our faith. Because he's calling all of us to do it. We have the greatest message and experience. Why again would we not share it? So there's got to be a way that he wants us to do that. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to look at it through this sort of process of inviting, or excuse me, investing, inviting, and introducing. First, let's look at invest. Sometimes people respond to a call to follow Jesus through this sort of wild and spontaneous circumstances. But you know what? Mostly it's through relationships that allow a person space and time to consider, to seek, to kind of get some questions answered. And so relationships offer that. You already have relationships in your family, with your neighbors, at work, in your hobby classes or clubs, in your school. And I just want to encourage you to invest in those. Take what you already have and invest in them. Understand that you're not merely there because of shared genetics or interests or career. You're there as a representative of the love of Jesus. And as you build into that relationship, opportunities will arise for you to share your faith. It will only be manipulative if you make it manipulative. And what I mean by that is we, we all get the ugly possibilities of this, is that we just sort of make a friendship so that we could have pounce on them at some point and tell them about Jesus. That's ugly. And we don't want that. Jesus doesn't want that. He wants Real relationships that you already have, authentic and genuine, loving, 
where at some point you share your faith. If you've got that sort of a friendship with somebody, why wouldn't they want to or be open to hearing what drives you, what's important to you, right? And why wouldn't you want to share that with somebody you have that kind of love and relationship and interest in already? So just make it natural. Be genuine with it. Invest in those friendships. It's being real and showing care. And, and when you have that kind of a friendship, then you can share what drives you. So I want to encourage you to look at the friendships that you already have. Look at the friendships that could be developed. Look at ways you can invest in them so that when the time arrives to share your faith, trust is built, credibility is established, and it won't seem manufactured or weird. Last fall, we introduced this idea of neighboring. Um, the few people that live around you, you know what, they're not there by accident. You're not there by accident. It's not because you found a good home at a good price in a good neighborhood with good schools. You're in your neighborhood because God is sovereign and he placed you there. Nothing is by chance. And so if you are there for a reason, those are, that's a great place to start. Sharing faith, getting to know people, investing and creating relationships with your neighbors. Create community and not just be strangers on a street. And so we, we talked about this idea of block parties, and we put together um, a block party kit to just give you some tools to, to put a gathering together. And in fact, my community where I live, we did one. A number of people did them around town, and, uh, and to great effect, it was a really, really neat thing. Uh, and I'm going to do another one this May in my community where we're at. We're going to have an outdoor movie night. And I'm really looking forward to getting to meet some of my neighbors and develop and, and continue to build some friendships with them. And so I just encourage you to, you could do that, you can do any number of things to look at the relationships that you've got, to foster them, to grow them, to, to, uh, to invest in them. And so we encourage you to do that. Next, invite. Take people with you. Invite them on the journey that you're on. You know, it's said that, that when we die and we go to heaven, the only thing we can take with us are other people. All the stuff we gather, the homes we have, the money we get, the, the, the stuff we've got, none of it is going with us. Only people. So let's take them with us. Invite them on this journey that we have. Here in this passage that we were just looking at where Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men, and then also in a passage that uh, has come to be known as the Great Commission, Jesus says to go and make disciples. The point is, is that the initiative rests with us to go and make disciples, to go and fish for people. You know what? I've never seen, as a rule, occasionally there's the random uh, stupid fish, but they don't usually jump into our boats. We usually have to go and get them, right? And so we, we have the initiative on us to go and reach people, to invest, and to invite. We showed you a humorous video during the welcome time about inviting somebody for Easter, thought we'd just add to that a little bit and have a little bit more fun this morning, so watch your screens with this one. Um, no. Huh? Well, over to the left. Okay. Need a photographer? Yeah! Sure! Thanks. Thanks. So where'd you guys go off to all dressed up this morning? Oh, uh, church. 
Easter services. How nice. How nice. What did your pastor preach about this morning at this uh, church service? I'm sorry? You know, what was the sermon about? Oh, Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, how he, uh, he, con- he conquered death, right? You know. Uh-huh. I mean, and he uh, gave us, you know, life? Uh-huh. Abundantly? Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. Hey, you didn't think my wife and I need to hear about that this morning? That wasn't on your radar? No? Say cheese! Don't be that guy. I don't know how he made his cheek quiver. That's pretty cool. That one had a little bit more of an edge to it, didn't it? And yet the idea is is that we've got this incredible message, this incredible experience of freedom from sin. Don't you think the people that we love the most, people that we've invested friendships with, might want that too? Occasionally someone might not, and they may not accept your invitation. But how do you know until you ask? So I want to encourage you just to to take that opportunity and invite people. We've designed our services here to be be welcoming to people. And we present uh, everything in a way that builds bridges to Jesus. We use words that are understandable. And we put verses on screen so that if people don't have a Bible or know how to navigate one, they don't feel awkward or, or, you know, sort of standing out. We try to make it as simple to connect with Christ as we can here. And, and we, we tell the truth about sin and brokenness, but we present it in a way that, that would draw people to the love of Jesus, the forgiving, transformative power of Jesus, than just yelling at them about judging them about the sin that they're in. It's like, no, Jesus. It's Jesus. It's about Jesus. So we want to invite people to experience him in here. And so I just want to encourage you to... to to invite them to the church that you already go to, that you already find meaning in and hope in and relationships in, bring somebody with you. But not just here. There's other ways that you can invite or places you can invite to in terms of connecting with you on your journey, your life group, or just a coffee time at your house. Invite them to begin discussions about this. Last week, as part of the new wave celebration, and Don already highlighted this a little bit, but we had these uh, two-by-fours out in the celebration, the idea being that you would take those names that during the six weeks that you were praying for, people that you were praying for that could be served uh, by this church and through the love of Christ, and that uh, as we reached out to, uh, to reach our community, that, that these individual people that you've been praying for would be connected through the ministry of this church of which you're a part of. And uh, some people wrote their own names on here. That's fine. They, they maybe didn't understand entirely. But most of them are names of people that we're hoping will find Christ. Um, and, and I want to encourage you, if you didn't have an opportunity to do that last week, you can, after the service, take uh, those names that you've been praying for uh, and, and add them. There's pin buckets at the bottom of each of these sections. Um, but you know what? It seems to me, and may I suggest, that these are probably the first people we should consider inviting, Right? 
to Easter or, you know, in the weeks beyond. But let's just take a moment and pray for the names represented here. We did this a few years ago when we moved into the building under this carpet, our names of other people that um, at that season that we were also praying for. And one of the names that my family, we put down, was one of my neighbors. And, uh, and three years ago, we put that neighbor's name down. And about the last few months, they've been attending. They're starting to come themselves. We've been praying. It, it may take that many years. But we're so excited to see that God is moving through that person and is uh, beginning to touch their heart. And, and so I just encourage you to look at the long game, pray for people, invest in those relationships, invite them, and they may, they may come. But let's pray. God, thank you for these names that are here that represent people that we love, people that we care for, people that we want to see uh, know you. And I pray, God, that you would help us with the opportunities to, to share how much you've changed and loved us, and, uh, and that, God, those people may come to a place where they yield their life to you as well. We thank you, God, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Next, I would like to, uh, to say to introduce. And this is important because sometimes you can't rely on others to help people get across the line to become a Christ follower. You know what? We've got a great church here. I, I love our church. And if you're involved at any level of serving here, um, from making coffee to, to vacuuming the room to, to uh, teaching in the children's program, you're part of the greater mission and purpose that this church does. And as we make and, and to bring people to Christ and make disciples and followers of Christ, you're part of that, and you're already doing that. And so you could say, you know what, I'm leading people and I'm making disciples, and that's great, but there is a, there's a greater joy and call that comes as well when we personally and individually are part of that directly. And I just want to encourage you to do that. So maybe there's a time when bringing somebody to the church uh, is, is just not going to happen at that moment, but you're in a situation where you get the privilege and joy to introduce them to Jesus. And so um, Mark says this again uh, in another part of the, the Bible. It says this, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. See, in their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Now there are going to be times when, we, when the people we love can't get to Jesus on their own. And we need to bring them ourselves. We need to introduce them to Jesus ourselves. Bring them with urgency and creativity and passion. Because otherwise they're going to they're be without him. And we get the opportunity to introduce them to it. Uh, Peter writes this later. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. And prepared doesn't necessarily mean a list of Bible verses, or the four spiritual laws, or the Roman road, and if you don't know what those things are, it doesn't matter, because I just said you didn't necessarily need them, right? You have something that's powerful, and it's your story. Your story. 
you love Jesus, you have been following Jesus. And this is the cool thing, because it doesn't matter if you've only been following Jesus for a week or, or 25 years. We all have a story of how Jesus has touched our lives. You don't have to wait until you've been a follower for a long time. You can start now. Wherever we're at in the stage of our life with Christ, we have a story to tell about what Jesus has done for us and in us and through us. So share it. Share it. And, and let somebody know. You could share your story. I once was lost, but what? Now I'm found. I once got hung up with all my stuff. It was getting in the way. Whatever your stuff is, fill in the blank. And I discovered that God's plan was so much better. And he changed me. Your role is to introduce people to Jesus. And he'll do the rest in their lives. And that's the freedom that comes with this, too, because I think sometimes we, we kind of think we have to clean them up or we have to change them. No, we just have to love them. And what greater way to love our friends and family and coworkers but to introduce them to Jesus. That's a great expression of our love for them. Paul wrote this about sharing Jesus with others. He said, I planted the seeds, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. And you know what I see there? I, I see that the responsibility that I have is only to share. The watering and the planting of seeds, that's the sharing, the introducing of what it means to follow Christ. I'm not responsible for their decision. I certainly hope that they'll choose Christ. But if they don't, it's, I'm not responsible. I just share. I just love. I also don't own the responsibility to grow them, to change them. God does that. So we're free from that. We're free. Just share your story. You have a story. So I share my reason for the hope that I have in Christ. And then I ask them, would you like to meet the one who gave me the hope? That's, it really is as simple as that. All the questions of doctrines and, and all the different questions that, that people have along the way, you know, that's going to get sorted out. And sometimes they may need to know something that you don't know. They just have a burning question they need answered. And that's where you get the Apollos, the other person to come in and help you, be part of the watering. And you just say, okay, I know somebody who might know that question. But along the way, the principle is, is that we just introduce. We just introduce them to the hope the person who gives us the hope that we have. So, you've heard me been telling you about why and how you should share faith, and perhaps you're thinking, oh good, another thing to feel guilty about that I'm not doing enough of. We go there, don't we? We do, we just do, and that's, that's fine. Let's get real, we go there. And so just a couple of things that I want to say, and the first off is guilt is not from God. Guilt is self-imposed. God doesn't want you to feel guilty. So just dismiss that. Just throw that by the side and say, oh, I'm lying to myself right now. Just throw away the guilt. And then secondly, becoming the person God intends for you to be is a journey. It's a process. And maybe you're not there now. Don't beat yourself up for that. Just point yourself in that direction. Maybe you're saying, yeah, maybe I probably should. Maybe I can, I, you know, but I'm not. So don't beat yourself up for not. Just say, okay. Now I realize that I, I want to. I do love that person. Set yourself that direction. And as you set yourself going that way, the opportunities 
come up. They just do because you put it as part of your, your mindset. But God will take you down this journey. And as you make the decision to share your faith, he will make the opportunities happen for you to do that. And so just go that way. Just follow that way. But let me also assure you of a few other things. And that, that the Christian life is not about us, right? It, it's about making God big and realizing that he is all-powerful and he's the one who saves us and he transforms us and gives us freedom and hope. And we just begin to realize that it's not about setting myself up and my self-reliance and self-dependence and, and you know, making it all myself about me. It's about making God big. And when he does that, though, he, it's not just like, well, it all goes one direction. God is pretty cool in the way he's designed this relationship we have with him, is that while we make him big, he floods back on us joy and peace and, and just these incredible feelings of, of satisfaction and life and abundance that we talk about. That's what that freedom is that comes to us. And so when we have that kind of flow going, when we realize that we do the, way, the things the way he wants them, stuff happens in us and through us, and it's pretty cool. So when we share our faith, a few things do happen. First of all, God is worshipped. God is worshipped. He is made big. When you direct somebody, uh, to, someone to place their trust in him, you have just declared that God is worthy for them to give their entire life's control over to him. That is just one of the ultimate acts of worship when you do that. And then secondly, when you share Christ with somebody and they choose to follow him, what do they get? They get eternal life and freedom from sin and forgiveness and acceptance, and they go on this incredible journey themselves. So already two incredible things are happening. But then because of the way God designed it, you get something too. You get the satisfaction and immeasurable joy that you were part of somebody stepping into faith, that you were part of making God big. And that is exciting for you. And I want for all of us to experience that kind of experience with God. And uh, I just think it's something you should hope for and desire to see somebody cross the line to faith and you were part of doing that. What an incredible experience that is. So I just want to encourage you to to take those steps, to live your life, to live your faith a little bit more out loud and, and just go for it. Share your story. I know that when we do that, God is just made big again. People have the opportunity to find him and you experience immeasurable joy. Excuse me, joy. But despite what our culture says, it is not a personal and private matter. I just want to say that again. It's just not. It's not something as unimportant as choosing um, Pepsi over Coke or Apple over Samsung. It's about life over death. It's about experiencing eternity. It's about wholeness over emptiness. And why would we keep that private? Why? Why? The people we love need to hear it. And you know what? A good number of them want to hear it. And so share it. The key is, is how we do it doing it with respect and gentleness and authenticity. So let's be about sharing our faith. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on back up, and let's just begin to, to pray and ask God to help us. As some of you, you may wrestle with that. You're like, ah, I don't know about that. So just begin to ask, God, what do you want to do through me? And, and if, you're, 
if you begin to think of people that come to mind, then begin to pray that they would come to faith. And, and to the degree that that involves you, then be willing to go there and, go and open those conversations. Some of you may be here today and you're like, oh, I'm not a believer yet. I'm enjoying this church. I'm enjoying the atmosphere that allows me the opportunity to seek and discover. And maybe today is the day when I've been just talking about how great God is and how worthy he is and wonderful he is and what he gives to us. Maybe today is the day for you to cross that line. And I would encourage you as I pray just to say, Jesus, yes, yes, lead my life. And, uh, and you'll figure out all the other steps along the way, but make yourself known and we'll, we'll, we'll work with you and guide with you about what it means to be a follower of Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are such an incredible God, that you have in our lives given us a hope that we could never experience, a freedom from sin that we, we just didn't realize was available. And you, you just transformed. And, and maybe some of us are at different stages and we've, we're still experiencing and discovering that, and I pray, Lord, that you would just reveal yourself to us uh, along the way. But God, help us to take what we have experienced and, and not just keep it hidden, but realize that what we have found in you, the people that we love most, we want them to find it as well. So help us, Lord, to not, not make our relationships awkward or, or just praised in this sort of way, but just genuinely love people and love them to you so that they can experience your love as well. We thank you, Lord, for that privilege to share what you have given us. And God, I also pray for those that may have yet to cross the line, and right now today, through the weeks or months they've been here, that maybe they've been considering a life following you. And today's the day where they're, re they're ready to say, yes, I want to do that. Lord, as they pray that now, just set them on a course of, of forgiveness and freedom and, uh, and trust in you, God, I pray. And thank you for the fact that you do save us, that it isn't something just a, about attending weekly or one product versus another. It's about life and eternity and freedom from sin and hope and joy that uh, we could never experience any other way than through knowing you. It's what you designed us for. Help us, God, to live that way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's end with one final song. Thank you for being here this morning.